Wait, where are we at right now? Tell me what room we're in. <laughs> this is the show, Nate. It's starting now? It is starting right now. <laughs> Let me put on my wig. I know you're not ready. Kick it in gear, Nate. Hit the clutch. It's happening right now. What you're saying is it's happening right now. It's happening now. Listeners, welcome to Movies on the Side. I'm Nate Baranowski. And I'm Stephen Robles. And every time there's a new episode, there's someone who's never heard of Mots on the Side. I just said, okay, hold on. Mots on the Side? <laughs> hold on a second. I thought you were going to say we get better with each episode. That, well, that is absolutely true. Listen, there's a person born every day that hasn't seen the Flintstones. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every day. That old adage. <laughs> so, first of all, A, welcome. B, if you have not given us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and do that now. That's B. You got it? That's A. That's B. And now C, brand new announcement, never before heard of or seen on any Mots episode. Nate, can you tell our listeners what I just sent you a picture of? Well, Stephen, the picture you have sent me is a Movies on the Side t-shirt. We have merch. We have merch, and not just merch that's hidden away somewhere, mm. merch that you can literally buy with cold, hard cash right this second, right now, right this second. I'm so excited that people can don a movies on the side paraphernalia. Man, I'm so excited. I finally figured out how to do this. <laughs> but you can buy movies on the side, t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, bags, and stickers. Yes stickers even stickers even stickers it's an amazing variety of mots merch so listeners the link is in show notes but you right now can go to motsfam.com that's m-o-t-s-f-a-m.com and literally buy mots merch right now absolutely and then send a picture either wearing the merch drinking out of the merch that's right or sticking it to someone's car that's right well, no actually don't do that last one that's well, yeah, it's no good. Put on your laptop case, on your iPad, uh, on your bag, whatever. Stickers are very uh, reasonably priced, so there's something there for everybody. Everybody uh, can get something. Mm. Motsfam.com. Something for everybody. That's that's our tagline. I believe they have three-quarter length sleeves. Yes, that's right. Which everyone needs at least one. That's right. Of those. That's right. It's the perfect, you know, for a, if you want to crank up the AC and live in like a 69 degree indoors. It's the perfect shirt for that or kind of a breezy fall is coming, folks. That's right. And nothing looks better on your skinny chicken arms like <laughs> three quarters of a sleeve. And if you live in places like Alaska, where Nate literally just visited, mm -hmm. we have hoodies, hoodies available for that cold winter. You can get a Mott's hoodie and be by the fireside. Mm. Mm. Sounds great motsfam.com check it out you can buy stuff take a picture let us know what you think if you are a patreon supporter you might have something on the way Ooh. and by might i mean i mean you definitely do so you're telling me the first people mm -hmm. before we even get our own merch right. the first people that get to experience our merch are our bosses that's right our board of directors although i will say that picture that i sent you is uh, your shirt. That is your very shirt. Oh, bespoke. Love it. 
That is your bespoke Mott shirt, the first one ever unpackaged, unfurled. I need to figure out if I either want to ship it to you or uh, if you're going to be in Florida sometime soon. <laughs> Shoot it in a really powerful t-shirt cannon. Mm, yeah, That's right. By Tauntaun. I'll send it up to you. <laughs> By the way, uh, listeners, <laughs> if you're not a Patreon supporter yet, every week we have a bonus episode of Podcast Gold. The next Patreon episode that goes out is going to be about Nate's cruise experience, and I think it's going to be very exciting. I don't even know what's going to be in it because we haven't recorded it yet, but it's going to be gold. It was great in the future when we talked about it. Yes, that's right. Then. A donation of any amount to our Patreon, and by donation, I mean uh, giving us money, <laughs> not tax-deductible donations. Uh, <laughs> you will get access to all the bonus episodes. We are a for-profit business. That's right. All the bonus episodes, all the great shows uh, are available to you with any donation. Enjoy. And now, Universal Pictures and the expanded universe of monsters that they keep trying to create and keep failing at miserably. We have today's movie from 2004. Van Helsing. (laughs) Nice. Thank you. Van Helsing is a movie that came out... Nate, I don't want to get too personal, but I graduated high school the year that this movie came out. Mm. I assume you were in 11th grade. Is that accurate? I was, uh, yeah, in so- a sophomore in high school. Oh, uh, that would be a 10th grade. Yes. Okay. Or somewhere in between. I don't know. I don't know what time of the year this came out. It was a transitionary period. Yeah, I fine. graduated in 2006. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you were a sophomore. Very good. Or just uh, graduated. So anyway, this movie came out 2004. Smack dab in rose-colored glasses era for probably both of us, I would think. Yep. <laughs> yes. And some movies can't quite overcome even the rose-colored glasses. No, they do not age well. But anyway, Van Helsing, starring Hugh Jackman and Kate Beckinsale, Rotten Tomato score. Not as low as I would have expected after re-watching this movie. <laughs> 24 critic score, 57 audience satisfaction, which I'm going to be honest, feels a little high. Sure. I really want to kind of go through this movie. I took a lot of notes, and I have a lot of thoughts, and I have some serious questions and some uh, a lot of thoughts. I had as well, because again, this was a movie I had remembered fondly. I remembered it fondly because I saw it a long time ago, and so I I knew it wasn't going to be as good as I remembered, (laughs) but I half expected it to not be as terrible as it might have been. This is just a large study in the destruction of your childhood. This is what Mots has been for you. It's just a, a dismantling of the things that make you who you are today. Yes. The culture that, that you've <sighs> grown to love, now you have to sacrifice. <laughs> I will say, there's another 2004 movie that I also watched recently, because we're probably going to do it on the show soon, and also because it was also on Cinemax Go free trial that I signed up for this week. We both did. We both did. Day After Tomorrow, also on Cinemax Go's. I feel like that one holds up better than this one. Same year, too. I can't believe these were both yeah, released the same year. This movie feels like it was created in 1992. I really, I was really hoping you were going to say, I thought this movie was created in a garbage can, but that's, <laughs> that's not where you went with it. In an easy bake oven. That's right. Nate, this movie opens with a black and white scene of farmers raiding Dracula's castle. Mm-hmm. This was the question I was going to ask you before. I'm just going to jump right to it. Yes. Immediate accent corner. Oh, my first note. <laughs> Accents are crazy. It affects the entire movie, but I did not remember the grotesque accent job that every single person does, except Hugh Jackman. Well, and even Hugh Jackman, I guess typically Van Helsing is a Dutch doctor. Mm, okay. 
Bram Stoker's version of him, but I guess he could be anything. And I wasn't quite sure what accent he was doing because Hugh Jackman is Australian. I think he was doing kind of a sort of American, maybe a little British. Something like that, which American wouldn't make any sense. Yes. Okay. So we start with Dracula, (laughs) played by Richard Roxburgh, who was, I recognized immediately as the bad guy from Mission Impossible 2, I break his jaw. That guy. Nate, I had no idea until you just said it. Yes. Ethan Hunt wears that mask. Oh, my. He doesn't even look like himself. Yep. Oh, Completely my different goodness. dude. But I, I saw right in there. He was also in Moulin Rouge. He's the Duke. Okay. Well, then I, I don't feel as bad with this next statement because I didn't know what other movies he had been in. Mission Impossible, he was fine. Mm-hmm. In this movie, I feel like Dracula is atrocious. It is the most... <laughs> scene-chewing mess of an accent. I'm going to do a a quick impression here. Mm, Yes. There, there, my lovelies. Do not worry. I shall find another bride. No, I have no heart. I feel no love, no fear, no joy, no sorrow. I am hollow. I will live forever. I am Dracula. Nate, that was, <laughs> A, that was incredible. B, I think if you had done the voice the entire movie, it would have been a five times better movie. <laughs> and three, you basically did a cultural tour from like the old school Dracula voice to Ratatouille French accent. Yes. To Hispanic. Which is yes. the path that Richard Roxburgh takes with his accent. It goes <sighs> everywhere. And nowhere. Nate, you did that on purpose? Yeah. Nate, that is very impressive. Well, I mean, it's not hard to just slip in and out of crazy accents all the time, which I think is what Richard did. I have no intention of trading you. And if I know Van Helsing, which I do, he's not planning on making a trade either. Let's just stay in accent corner for a second. Mm -hmm. Are there any other people in this that you thought, that's an accent and a half? Honestly, I mean... Kate Beckinsale. (laughs) Yep. They seem almost desperate to finish off my family. My father spent most of his life looking for answers, year after year, tearing through the tower, combing through the family archives. Did not do well in this movie. That Romanian accent. I think they just told him, like, just hit the R's hard. Like, don't (laughs) use a British R. Kind of roll every R that you come to. Right. It's basically like, act like half of a Bond villain half uh some european accent just you know just mix it up yep i was so bad i think igor did a bunch of weird things oh my igor i'm not exactly sure what carl was doing the whole time nate it was it was a miss carl was doing something he's british kind of a british accent right the (sighs) ludwig lenny and leroy his vampire brides which are like, they are the Koopa Troopas to Dracula's <laughs> Bowser. They were doing some weird things with their voices. Can we take a moment now that you mentioned it? I remembered those characters, the three mm-hmm. vampire brides. My goodness, Nate. So strange. So strange and awkward and like everyone knows the reason why they're in this movie. I will, I will give everyone a quick demonstration. Do this at home while you're listening to this podcast because... I think you too can be a vampire bride. Here's how you do it. Here's what you do. Mm. Open your mouth as wide as you possibly can. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay? Then you're going to make your eyes 
as wide as you can while right. opening your mouth as far as you can. Right. Make your orifices as large as possible. Exactly. Then you're going to take your hands and kind of make them into a claw shape. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you're going to kind of claw them towards your face, but never get too close to them. Just kind of don't touch mm, the face. That, right, and as right. you do that, like you're kind of breathing, but with a little bit of an asthma issue. And it kind of <laughs> all comes together in kind of a... Everyone do it at home, okay? Right. And you are all vampire brides. Congratulations. Nate, it was cringe, cringy every time, every scene. And you know, it's one of those things where like, why do you keep changing back and forth? Why do you keep looking human and looking this other way? Why do you keep switching back and forth? Your goal right now is to, uh, to get this person to kill Kate Beckinsale. What are you doing? Well, when you're in the sun, your CG doesn't work. So you have to wait uh, for clouds for that. So you gotta got to be in it. human form. Okay, makes sense now. That's pretty much easy. Right. I think when you run out of a budget, then you have to do that. Mm. Since we're talking about the vampire brides, I wrote down a couple quotes. Yes, please. Uh -uh. Can I try to say it? Yes. Here's one line. (sighs) You can't go until I say you can go. And you can go when you're dead. (laughs) So that's one. Oh, man. And the second one. Be happy in the knowledge that I will weep over your dead body. Oh, man. Now, quick question. <laughs> Why would you weep over the dead body of someone you're about to kill? I, you Next know, I question. Have, I, I, Is this an improv line? Oh, man, I hope not. That's terrible. Be happy in the knowledge that I will weep over your dead body. Nate, everything they said, I, I kind of winced, you know, where you got like one eye closed and the other eyes like just open for a slit. It's like, ah, that's how it felt. Yeah. When they were talking like, my darlings, my children, oh. Oh. Terrible. You know, the only part that actually made sense is when Kate Beckinsale finally kills one of them, stake through the heart. It is your blood that shall keep me beautiful. What do you think of that? <laughs> I think if you're going to kill someone, kill them. Don't stand there talking about it. Right. It was like one of those few times. Stop where, coming up with your own lines. There. Right. Like, stop monologuing. Like it was the one time where the movie made sense, where like Kate Beckinsale yeah. like called it out. I said, "Oh." They thank also you. show their romantic affection to Dracula by having their mouths open and kind of just <sighs> like near his face. Right. It was the weirdest thing. Like <sighs> I don't know what they're going for exactly. And all of all of Dracula's facial expressions like everything seemed overacted and just preposterous like it was just so bad i don't remember it being that bad i picture dracula as kind of being a handsome dude sure and there is something about the makeup and hairstyle of this dracula yes that made him look a little dopey yes i i I thought he was pretty dopey looking the whole time and i know he i thought he's supposed to be kind of like a maybe evil looking but kind of an attractive evil but it's i don't know i totally agree i found his hair style ridiculous for some reason i had never paid attention to that before but it was really weird like long hair and it was strange that ponytail going back there or like it's more like a a top knot (laughs) a bob up there but here's the thing i i agree with the dracula attractiveness thing do you remember have you ever seen blade three is that the one with Ryan Reynolds? Is that Trinity? It's the one with Ryan Reynolds and Jessica Biel. I've, yeah, I've seen it. It is Blade Trinity. Yeah. You will, not be- you will not believe this, Nate. It also 
came out in 2004. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I feel like we just reached the trifecta. And Underworld came out in 2003. So the world was like vampire crazy in these okay, years. Yes. But what I want to point out is in that movie, Drake, which is kind of like the Dracula character, okay. is a guy named Dominic Purcell. Okay. Which I feel like has that look that you're talking about, like mm-hmm. like modern, even though it's placed in this medieval time-like thing, a modern Dracula look is like what he had in that movie, not right. this guy. And somehow it got weirder. He walks on the upside down randomly or walks <laughs> off a wall, which is like, yes. this movie has some of the weirdest wire work I've ever seen. Yes. Where there is no physics anymore. It's just, it's nothing. But Strange. his hairstyle gets even worse when he's upside down because then his little ponytail <laughs> just kind of dangles there. It does. And I want to say before I forget, whatever those Oompa Loompa things are that are working in Dracula's Oh, they are. Oompa Loompas. Yes. Yes. <laughs> There's actually at one point where Kate Beckinsale's character actually tries to explain what they are. And I was just like, you have got to be kidding me. What are you doing? Right. Okay. We go back to that layer real quick with all the (laughs) Oompa Loompas in it. Yes. Uh, Now, I think I have seen maybe 20 minutes of this movie before. And when I was watching it earlier today, it felt like the first time Mm -hmm. watching this. Like Mm -hmm. either I didn't remember it at all or I just haven't seen parts of it. But I was transfixed by the hot tub in that lair with the bubbly water. <laughs> right. There must have been a lot of money spent on this because I kept thinking it would come into play. Right. A couple Oompa Loompas fell into it from now, you know, now and then. But what was the point of that, that thing, that hot tub? Never made clear. Okay. Never made clear. Okay. So strange. Okay, so the opening scenes, the Frankenstein character. I will be honest, the one character mm-hmm. I actually felt a little something yes. for yes. was Frankenstein. Yes. The, the Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein's monster. Right, that's right. And and the, you know, he calls him his father or whatever, but like whatever two seconds that guy was in the movie, I was like, man, wish he was more in this movie. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Might have been better. Fine. But Frankenstein, somehow that crazy character actually was able to convey some emotions and feeling above anyone else in this movie. Absolutely. I was rooting for him throughout the movie. I was really excited to see him come back later in the movie when I thought he died in the black and white section. Right. And, you know, when he goes to the top of that windmill, windmill, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> cornmeal, windmill, we keep that all in the meals. There. When, when he goes up the windmill and he's like asking all the people like, why? Like he yells like, why? And he's like holding yep. his father or whatever. Like, man, I really felt something there. Right. And I was like, oh, maybe there's actually heart in this movie. But no. We'll get to the moral of this movie at the end. Oh, yeah. The moral of the story. But I want to say he might be the key to some of the theme of this movie. So. Mm. Help me! But you're supposed to die! I want to live! So after that, we go to Van Helsing chasing Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> just, just the Hyde version. Oh, excuse me. At, at this point. I'd, I'd forgotten that he was in this movie. And then I remembered he was in this movie. And for some reason, I conflated Jekyll and Hyde from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen with this mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. Very similar. And I thought for some reason Hyde was in this movie throughout. Like I, my memory like couldn't uh, figure okay. out what was going on. Yep. And then, yeah, clearly not. He, he dies early on. But man, I got to tell you, the CG on Hyde, not great. Not great. I give them a little bit of credit for giving it the old college try. I mean, like they did not <laughs> right. get away from... Like, they showed a lot of him. 
They did, and like for long periods of time and doing a lot of things. When Hugh Jackman shot the grappling hook while falling up through <laughs> the belly of Hyde yes. and it clapped on the back of him and it oh, didn't pull yes. him off the edge of the roof. Yes. Oh, this that was one of the most ridiculous parts of this movie <laughs> in a movie full of ridiculousness. Right. One thing though, I will give Van Helsing the character is he does have some cool gadgets here and there. And shortly after that hide scene, he kind of has the 007 Q type right. scene. Carl is his Q. Yep. Carl is his Q and he walks around and sees all the cool gadgets and stuff. Like that was a little, it was a moments of cool. That was a fine moment. I will hearken to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that sun weapon and i think it's preposterous that they didn't know how they would use this <laughs> every other item for vanquishing vampires is in there but oh yeah i don't know light hmm. right know. and they find out early like oh they can't brides can't come out in the light right well, and, and then it's like well no thought to the thing that produces the light of a sun and the Q character, the friar, uh, what's his name? Carl. Carl. David Wenham is the actor. He says when he's walking Hugh Jackman around, I don't know what it's for, but I know what it does. I said, excuse me? <laughs> right. <laughs> Waiting for a time. <sighs> this doesn't make any sense. So anyway. Might uh, I the- suggest opening it in the face of Dracula, perhaps. Right. Right. Anyway, so Hugh Jackman, Van Helsing. The, he gets his weapons. He talks to a cardinal who... We go back to Accent Corner briefly. Does the weirdest quasi-Italian accent I have ever seen. It is Renaissance Fair meets Italian. Don't get me wrong. Your results are unquestionable. But your methods attract far too much attention. Yes, I think he's part of the same Catholicism that the Cardinal is from the Robin Hood movie with a Jamie Foxx. They're sort of all, yes. Related. Except these may be a little bit more noble in the, in the sense that they're going about fighting vampires, I guess. Yeah, they have the, uh, the secret history. Uh, yeah, he gets commissioned by the Cardinal. Yep, absolutely. To go after Dracula. And throughout the movie, and I didn't pick up this when I watched it when I was younger, but we kind of pick up these details here and there that Van Helsing is kind of more than human, that he has some kind of past or history that he doesn't really remember, and his role might be more than just killing right. people. He had been around since like 76 AD, and I immediately had the thought of, what time period are we in now? Right. Is this meant to be like 1900, or is this meant to be 1450? Somewhere they say something about the 14-something. Oh, okay. So I feel like it's 14 to 15-something. Okay. I feel safe saying it's in there. Okay. So he gets commissioned, and then we jump to the next scene where there's a, a werewolf hunt going on. Mm-hmm. We don't exactly know what's happening. <laughs> They're trapping a werewolf. Mm-hmm. They get the thing around the werewolf, and then something happens, and the cage breaks. And let me just say, Kate Beckinsale's entrance onto the screen in this movie. I mean, I don't even know what to say. Like, it was just so weird. It was just strange. <sighs> You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, I know. Strange. Okay. Can I give my Kate Beckinsale thoughts now? Please. All right. Here we go. This movie was a a year after Underworld. And Mm -hmm, the coolness mm -hmm. factor for Kate Beckinsale is night and day from Underworld to this movie. She does not come across cool in this movie. No. No. I'm going to give there. I have a lot of issue, a little bit of issue, a mixture of issues (laughs) that corset that corset she has said in in interviews that she had to wear that corset she had to wear that through the movie apparently she hated filming in it but Mm. it is the most restrictive looking thing yes and it 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 looks ridiculous like 
I think she maybe even has trouble moving around in it. Because the way she runs and the way she moves is just sort of strange in this movie. And she is always, she is either in that hunter corset thing or she is in the the Dracula dress with a different corset. And it's like, they never let her just be like a cool Romanian like princess. (laughs) You have two costumes in this movie. Uh, Yes. And yes, it did look like a cheap plastic Halloween costume. Yes. Kind of yes. thing. Strange. Yeah, it was strange. And then the, there's a lot of shots of her high heels. And I, this is just me. I feel like if your main job is going to be fighting werewolves and vampires, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe high-heeled boots is not the kind of footwear that is useful. Right. And the amount of eye makeup she's wearing. I think in general, this can be a nice little commentary on what 2004 action mm. ladies were like. And this is like, hey, look what we got here. A corseted, <laughs> makeup, high-heeled fighter woman. Oh, man. Does not age well, is not great. No. The, yeah. She has a scene when, when they're fighting the, the three brides in that square. At some point in time, by the way, she takes a ton of falls in this movie that should kill her. Yes. She is not mythical. She is not magical. She gets dropped from great heights all over again. But at some point in time, she gets dropped on a roof, slides off the roof, grabs onto the edge, puts her feet on it, and does a backflip off of it. And again, in slow motion and weird wire work. But instead of landing, she smashes into the trunk of a tree mm, yes. <laughs> facing head down and then proceeds yes. to crash through the branches <sighs> and i thought it was a strange choice having her make this cool backflip off a roof and then just kind of fall through a tree uh, but yes. she lands on her feet so a continuity plus i, li- I did like in this movie mm-hmm. as much as the vampire ladies totally over monologued and had plenty of opportunities mm-hmm. to kill Kate Beckinsale and they didn't do it, which right. makes no sense as a And viewer. they do a lot of carrying people around and then dropping. Right. Them. No one actually gets carried off. The werewolves in this movie, I feel like actually do function consistently as a werewolf would like totally unthinking, unflinching. Like the first werewolf that they're trying to capture Kate Beckinsale and her brother. He like never hesitates to attack anybody like yep. jumps full speed. I was like, this feels right. Like this feels like a, the right amount of tenseness and suspense. And like, it's doing what a werewolf would do. Like, so that I just wanted to say, I appreciate Yes. And I think the werewolf CG was better than the vampire CG in this movie, which I, I would think that the vampires would be easier to animate, but <laughs> right. not like as far as like the furry um, werewolves. Not terrible. Not terrible. I wasn't, I, I, I'm liked for the most part. But I do have a werewolf question here. Oh, yes, please. So Anna, who is Kate Beckinsale, her brother, Velkin, mm-hmm. played by Will Kemp, who was the principal of Step Up to Colon the Streets, <laughs> also in this movie. When the human becomes a werewolf, it is, it is as though there is a werewolf underneath your skin. And you rip the skin open and the werewolf even busts out. Yeah, I didn't like that. But how is it that when they change back into a human, they can just kind of, their hair just kind of morphs down into human form? Tell me about the, the biology of this transformation. <laughs> First of all, I was not crazy about this transformation. I feel like other movies, I don't know. I feel like it doesn't have to be that gross and graphic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there was one time when the brother changed back into a human 
and like the wolf skin was tore off. But I don't know. It was inconsistent. I'll give you that. So are you saying that humans and werewolves are kind of like an everlasting gobstopper where... (laughs) Beneath your human level is a werewolf, and then beneath that werewolf is a smaller little human, kind of like Russian nesting dolls. (laughs) Steven, is that what you're saying? Listen, all of us are human nesting werewolves, and every one of us, at any moment... (laughs) No, just kidding. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, werewolf... That's a platform right there. I want to put this in here as well, before I forget. I felt like I noticed so many... 80-yard lines Mm -hmm. where their lips were not moving on screen (laughs) and lines were being said in audio. And like several times I had to like jump back 15 seconds. I said, wait a minute. I heard them say something. But who was talking there? Their mouth is literally not moving. (laughs) Literally not moving their mouths. I feel like there were many lines like that. And I said, oh, that's just bad. Bad production. Yeah, agreed. Also, there's a lot of stuff that happens between that square scene where the three vampire ladies attack they go like they go to dracula's castle and they see what he's doing with the uh, oh he tries to use the brother werewolf to power his machine right yes and he awakens the first batch of the 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 vampire bat. the bats yeah little bat yeah. things so nasty one of the lines someone says oh i guess that's what happens when vampires mate because vampires are dead, and so what happens when two undead things right. make something? They're born dead. It's also undead. Like they're born dead, but they're also little tiny bats. Like, it's never explained why it's just little bats. Right. It's just like, oh, well, that figures. Yeah, like, they... Uh, it's weird. They used a uh, little movie trivia here. They used the same, like, duplication engine that they used in the first Lord of the Rings, or, like, to make, oh. like, the big group of orcs. So, like, the mass quantity of these flying bats... The, the clumps, the, the little goo sacks oh, that the, the bats eggs. are in. Yeah. I wrote this note down. Van Helsing takes off his glove and starts digging around in a goo sack with his bare hand. Why? <laughs> he needed to see what was inside, Nate. He okay. even said it. Why take off your glove? Yeah, that's a good You don't question. know. There, there could be an acid sack. <laughs> take your little pointy crossbow to grab an arrow, use the sword of Kate Beckinsale, use the staff right. of Carl... Why would Something. you ever reach your bare hand into an unknown offspring vampire sack? I was once told. Completely unrealistic. Took me out of the movie. <laughs> it took you out. That took you out. There's a saying that I still remember. Somebody told me. I was trying to care. We were carrying a table mm-hmm. through a doorway. And it was clear it was either going to be my hand or the table that gets uh, tore up mm-hmm. in between the doorway. And he said, uh, flesh grows back. Wood doesn't. Oh, my. You know what I'm saying? So maybe. Yeah. You're saying... Mm-hmm, his mm-hmm. hand can heal if it becomes sprayed with acid that's right but he can't just buy new black gloves that's exactly right or a hundred dollar table <laughs> i mean you just can't can't get those everywhere you know what i mean it's a haunting phrase the flesh grows back <laughs> what does you like that that's terrifying <laughs> i mean you know it depends on the cost of what you are carrying next year 2020 <laughs> the gritty reboot Pinocchio. <laughs> Flesh grows back. Wood doesn't. <gasps> That's good. Yeah, that is kind of terrifying. Anyway, Nate, how much more of this movie you want to go through? There's a lot of movie in here. Okay, wait. I'll, we'll just zip ahead a little bit. It doesn't work powering the whole thing with... The brother. Who now becomes a werewolf, I guess, full on. Full on werewolf, and then he gets uh, he gets shot in the heart with the silver stake, right? Yeah. But not, be- not before he bites Hugh Jackman. Yes, he bites Hugh Jackman. Right. And we have until maybe the moon 
shines in order for Hugh Jackman to turn into a, a werewolf himself. Right. But as long as they can get the antidote into him before the last strike of midnight, right. which all of this feels like everyone presents it like, oh, yeah, we know this to be true or we right. learned this. Common knowledge. And I was like, well, you guys couldn't even figure out the sun thing would hurt the vampires. <laughs> I doubt you guys know for sure the science of when the last strike of midnight, we just need to get this in him and then he won't be a werewolf anymore. Why is it so important to kill this Dracula anyway? Because he's the son of the devil. I mean, besides that. Because if we kill him, anything bitten by him or created by him will also die. I mean, besides that. There's a lot of legendary and mythology <laughs> exposition in this movie. Yes. Especially from the friar guy. It's not, not necessary. Right. So they, they also meet Frank Frankenstein's monster. He's still alive. <laughs> he's great. They fall into a hole or something, right? And they, and they run into him. Yeah, and he's basically just like, I just want to live, but everyone who's come across me wants to kill me. Right. Unclear if he needs to eat or drink. He right. just kind of chills out in the cave. Teaming, yeah, they've just kind of been teaming up with him. Uh, but he's like, you kind of also have to kill me because uh, Dracula needs me to make his machine work. Right. There is a chase scene where they are transporting Frankenstein in some stagecoaches. Who finds him? Oh, no, that, I think the werewolf finds him at that point. The third bride is there at the beginning. The third bride and the werewolf. This is before they get and the, back to the Yes, thing. and yeah. the werewolf, right. And I thought the the second stagecoach, and with the first one is bait, yes. slick move. Slick move. It's a good diversion. I did find at one point the stagecoach catches on fire and blows up or something. Yeah, it falls down into that crevice, and she's trying to like lift it up. So to save the right. who she thinks the Frankenstein's monster is inside. Instead, she looks in and goes, silver steaks? <laughs> right. And somehow... It blows up. In this. But there's a scene, like during that scene, it goes seemingly from like pitch black night to broad daylight. <laughs> in it, Like in, in a single cut. I was like, what? Yeah. I don't know what just happened. It's very strange. The, the weather in this movie is not consistent. No. Going from like... It's stormy to then you can see the moon. I was like, wait, it should be a storm. There should be clouds everywhere. Well, you know, Florida. Yeah, sometimes it's dusk and sometimes it's sunny and sometimes it's like it cuts to them flying away and it's like, oh, look, I guess it's night again. No, you should know driving in Florida uh, or straight ahead of you could be a tornado and you look in your rearview mirror and it's blue skies. Right. You know, that's Florida. You're right. And Transylvania is the Florida of Europe. Florida is the Transylvania of America. Right, where all the monsters are. <laughs> no, wait. We have to cut all that out. Uh, uh, hey, I love Florida. Live there many yeah, years. yeah, yeah, same. Uh, so anyway, they have to figure out how to get to Dracula's castle. No one knows how to get there. But uh, the shred of scroll that the Cardinal gave Van Helsing at the beginning mm-hmm. completes the wall that Kate Beckinsale's father had been staring at his whole life and couldn't figure out. I think I got that right. right. Yes. Right, exactly. Yes. Couldn't figure out how to get, because it's actually a door. It's a gate. That's right. I At this moment in time, I had the quick realization that what we had seen before was not Dracula's castle, but Frankenstein's, Dr. Frankenstein's castle, where we had been before. Uh, the scenery in this movie is all very dark and dingy and castle-y. Right. So I was like, wait a minute, haven't they already been at this place? No. I thought, I thought the same thing. Yeah, I, I thought... Well, why didn't Dracula go to his... Why wasn't he at his castle the whole time? You know what I mean? He was... I think he was using Frankenstein's gear. Right, but it seemed very... The first time. And then they moved it to his castle. He moved very quickly. I mean, that was like a two men in a truck situation. Well, he's got all those Oompa Loompas. What is it? College hunks hauling junk? Yep, yep. Yeah, college... Oompa Loompas hauling Romanian junk. 
<laughs> and I think that hot tub moved over as well. Uh, maybe that's where the Joker comes from. You know, he falls mm. into that acid. Maybe. It's all connected. Anyway, they go through the ice wall door. He says before he goes in that door, he says to her yes. in like a touching goodbye. I thought, oh, he's going at it alone. Right, right. <laughs> he says, see you on the other side. And then two seconds later, she comes, and then Carl comes. Right. I was like, no, wait a minute. No. You guys just made like a goodbye scene like, all right, this could be dangerous. Yes. What was, was she waiting for him to go through? And like, if she heard distant screams, she'd be like, well, turns out that wasn't a door. Well, it seemed like maybe he was planning to go himself. But then when she came through, he wasn't like, hey, I can't believe you came through. You're supposed to be oh, safe on the other side. That's what it was. But he didn't. Right. No, he didn't do that. But no one. <laughs> yeah. She just brings her hand through and he helps her through. And I was like, oh, I thought you guys just said goodbye. I feel like, was there a scene shortly before then where Hugh Jackman like gives her his hat? He like takes his hat off and puts it on Kate Beckinsale. There, there is a rainy scene where he sets it on her, on her head. I think he takes it back though. Yeah. It's, it's an iconic outfit he's wearing. I just have a note that I don't know why he gave her the hat like that. <laughs> Like that was supposed to be some sweet scene. It's supposed to be sweet and she's supposed to keep her hair. I don't know. Hey, Steven, would you rather cosplay as Dr. Edo from Alita Battle Angel or Van Helsing? If someone were to say, I have the uh, the best costume of either of these, you just choose. I feel like Van Helsing's costume is a little bulky because he's got to hold all those gadgets. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's got the crossbow. He's got the saws. But you do get the gadgets. Oh, you get the gadgets. Oh, see, I didn't know that was uh-huh. part of the deal. Yeah, yeah. Fun- these are all functional. You know what? If I got the hammer with Dr. Ito's outfit, I think I would go Dr. Mm-hmm. Ito. I liked his okay. trench coat better. And you wouldn't have to get the hair extensions mm. for Van Helsing. Yes, and I know long hair, beard or otherwise, does not look good on me. Wait, uh, have you ever had long hair? No, never. No, never. Okay. It gets bushy. It gets bushy on the sides. Ooh, okay. So we enter the final- And we're back. Fight scenes. <laughs> the final fight scenes in Dracula's castle. And we have a couple venues- we have Kate Beckinsale and the final vampire bride in that area. Mm-hmm. So first of all, they run into uh, Frankenstein, who somehow Dracula had the time to freeze him in a chunk of ice. Yep. Did they free him from the? Ch- How they free him from the chunk of ice? Unclear. Oh no! I think he was just—he was just eventually strapped down elsewhere. He was just happened to be in the ice for a right, little bit. Right. All the Palupas had hair dryers, and they melted him slowly. <laughs> And then placed no, him on the bed. No, that's what the that's what the hot tub is for, Stephen. Oh, my, Nate, you just solved it. Oh, okay. that's it. Whew. That's it. We keep putting these these guys in, in ice, but we don't know how to get them back out. So Frankenstein, he's getting raised up in this ice cube, and he tells Kate Beckinsale, Van Helsing, and the Friar, "Listen, there's an antidote for the werewolf. Go find it." Mm-hmm. Somehow, in this massive castle, they find the exact room this thing is in. Uh, no, Igor brings them. Brings oh, them. right, they run into Igor. Can I just say, yeah, I could have done without Igor. I could have done, yep. I didn't care for Igor. Yep. He was supposed to, him and Carl were supposed to be funny. I don't know how much humor I, I gathered from either of them. I would have taken Carl over Igor, but sure. either way, no. Get run into Igor, he shows him the antidote, and he traps him in the room, and that's when Vampire Lady fights. But that the ball, there's like an orb mm-hmm. that the antidote is in. The friar guy expresses some concern about the acidity or whatever. Right. Kate Beckinsale crashes it on the floor, right. injuring the Vampire Lady a little bit. Yep. Right. And then takes a little scoop of it and uses that on the bars to free right. themselves. So that moment where she like takes the little scoop with the thing, I feel like there would still be some acid in the oh, yeah. piece she's holding. Oh, yeah. Like it should burn her hand, yeah. I would think. Inconsistent. Absolutely. It was dangerous at best. I thought, I thought of that while she was carrying it. What are that slops around in there? 
Right, yeah. That's not, a, exactly. that's not a, a clean bowl. That's a shard of whatever this was in. Exactly. But I think we can all say that if Van Helsing was there, he would have taken off his glove and stuck his hand right in. He has no <laughs> problem putting his hand where it doesn't belong. Listen, flesh grows back. Wood doesn't. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> that fight scene between the last vampire lady and Kate Beckinsale, let me just say it's not really much of a fight scene. It's either it's her, it's the vampire lady talking, and Kate Beckinsale kind of just getting beaten up. Like she never gets a hit in. Like she never no actually gets to fight back. And I feel like it's right. It's not a good fight scene. Is this also the scene where, or was this after this where she goes swinging George of the Jungle style over the gap, and Carl tosses her the syringe of the antidote while she's midair. Van Helsing gets to Frankenstein up on the roof, rescues him, releases him from there. And then Frankenstein swings over on the rope first to hit the vampire lady. And then Frankenstein says, I'll take care of vampire lady. And then Kate Beckinsale swings Tarzan style. But then Frankenstein doesn't do a good job because vampire lady escapes and goes after Kate Beckinsale again. So, yeah. But at this point in time, I'm loving the Frankenstein guy. I love the Frankenstein guy. And when he's lumbering after to fight the like to help her get away by fighting the bride, like, I'm down. I feel like. Good job. He has good character design yeah i liked his character design and how he looked and how he walked and functioned like i was down i liked seeing the back of his head and the little electricity go on in his little glass brain yes and like when van helsing uh releases him from the bed he says something about like i can't unscrew the bolts so he has to like basically tear these bolts out of frankenstein's flesh right and frankenstein's like i'm accustomed to suffering or whatever it was and i said i like you frankenstein like yep that's a good line yep i'm down with that he's ready he's ready for anything i will say as they were swinging back and forth both frankenstein and kate beckinsale a what was that rope attached to and b <laughs> Please explain. I never thought about that. The physics of that cable. <laughs> Somehow it was long enough and attached to something high enough that they could swing from the tallest towers of the castle. Yeah, you're right. But then also swing down to the bridge that is between them. All nicely to the bridge too. All the all like very well timed swing. Yeah, I, the, all like all that whole mess. I was like, yeah, this is ridiculous. This okay. Just... At this point in time, I think we can just cruise through the fact that like that stuff happens the last mini boss dies she gets killed but let me ask you though yeah how did you feel about hugh jackman as a werewolf fighting dracula i did not uh, okay this movie is two plus hours long and my 2020 platform as your future president (laughs) is i would like to five years after a movie is released if it is seen critically as bad you must edit the movie down to it no more than an hour and a half <laughs> and at this point in time in the movie we are at the two hour mark i cared not at all <laughs> not at all so baronowski robles 2020 short mm-hmm. and bad movies to less than an hour and a half thank you i agree yay yay that is my <laughs> vote I, I, so this is the one scene that i feel like i remembered clearly from my teenage years mm-hmm. that there was a cool fight scene between Hugh Jackman as a werewolf mm-hmm. and Dracula and they both changing forms back and forth uh-huh. and it was okay for me. Yeah, it was fine. I feel like Dracula keep becoming a human just to monologue was stupid. Why couldn't he just stay? Anytime in Dracula is a human, I, I wanted <laughs> him to be like, yeah, gargoyle form. Stay that because you're cooler that way. 
can you not speak in gargoyle form? Like you have to keep changing back so you can no. talk. You got to animate that mouth. No, no. But the vampire ladies could talk both ways. Doesn't make any sense. You're right, because I just had gray makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it was. Yeah, so it was it was okay. Like they were kind of fun moments. Like I was, you know, oh man, Hugh Jackman's really getting them or whatever. Anyway, he beats them. Hugh Jackman kills him pretty, yeah. Yeah. But we find out, it's like, is it a big reveal that he's supposed to be like, are you the Archangel Gabriel? Is this what this is supposed to mean? Well, Dracula does say- he calls him Gabriel? Well, because he says, you didn't, you don't know your past. You don't know that you're the one who killed me however many hundred years ago. Right. Did I mention that it was you who murdered me? It must be such a burden, such a curse. To be the left hand of God. I didn't know if he was both, if he was saying during that battle, like, we used to both be angels and I became oh. like demon Dracula and you stayed good or something. Oh, maybe. Sure. Okay. So they like, we could work, like, we were both, we used to be together. I don't know. I didn't need all that backstory to just enjoy the werewolf and vampire. Like, just stop talking, just fight and take the fight outside the castle. You know what I mean? Like, fall down one of the, the turrets, the, the, Whatever's, you know, like, could have been better. So it kills Dracula, and then Kate Beckinsale is there with the antidote. Werewolf Hugh Jackman sees her and jumps at her and somehow kills her. She survives a lot of things in this movie, <laughs> but you get jumped on by one little werewolf. And, like, not bitten. I see no blood. It was kind of just no like blood. a blunt trauma. But then she landed on that sofa thing. Like, I don't think Werewolf Hugh Jackman yeah. daintily placed her on this sofa. She died kind of easily there, right? And she died very intact and pretty looking. No part of her seemed damaged. I don't understand what, what killed her. Okay, so this this whole stupid mythology of like that her family <laughs> needs to be the one to kill Dracula or else like her family doesn't get to heaven or something right. like that. Purgatory. They'd so be stuck in purgatory. They'd be stuck in purgatory. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And uh which leads to the greatest moment of this movie. Nate. <laughs> So Hugh Jackman, remember who you are. <laughs> Hugh Jackman does the funeral pyre and like you know burns Kate Beckinsale's Crispifies body. Crispifies Kate, yes. And he turns around and looks to the sky, looks to the heavens, and the clouds reveal a ghostly face of Kate Beckinsale and her brother. But like, have you ever seen like picture like a TLC like a wedding story like? And when the spark of youth someday surrender. And like, it's like, do, 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 do. Welcome to a wedding story. And in the clouds, you just see kind of like a really shoddy, like crossfade of like a person yes. smiling. That's yes. exactly what this looks like. It is just a 50% opacity of Kate Beckinsale's face smiling. <laughs> and then right on top of the clouds. It's the cheesiest thing at the end of this movie. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I did not remember that part. And as the movie was, I could tell coming to a close, I was like, what in the world? What? Do you know why they did that? No, I don't. I'm, I, have a, I have a strong guess. Oh, please. Although he was in werewolf form, Van Helsing still killed her. Right. And I think there is that part because they're planning on a bunch of other movies. This was supposed mm. to be the beginning of their monster, new monster reboots. Oh, I see. Van Helsing was going to probably appear in other movies. I bet there was that part of audience members, maybe even a focus group that said like, <laughs> hey, that person that he's lighting on fire and cremating, he killed her. He's, he can't be our hero going forward. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I think this is a, like, she smiles down at him like, 
hey, it's all good. Hey, Gabriel. Hey, Gabe. It's all good. I survived a lot of rooftop crashes, and you just bumped me into a sofa. That's just that's just bad luck. That's just bad. Hey, hey, guess what? We're all good. By the way, mm. liked our kiss earlier. That was cool. But don't worry. I'm with my brother and all my family members now, mm. and we're not in purgatory. Thanks, Van Helsing. <laughs> so terrible. One other moment I do want to call back to when they first find Frankenstein and Kate Beckinsale is telling Hugh Jackman just to kill him. Mm -hmm. He says this thing like he can only kill evil things. Right. He can sense the evil. Right. He has some kind of superpower where he knows if something evil created him, but he has, there's not evil in him. I don't. Something like that. But whatever the line was, I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. I was down for that. Hey, that, that leads towards the, uh, the angel mythology somewhat. He's like, oh. I'm here to fight evil, and I only fight evil. Lawful good. Lawful That's good. <laughs> lawful good. It's <laughs> orientation. There we go. Oh, very good. Okay. We did it. That's a long take <sighs> on this movie, and I love it. It's so good. Well, we need to rate this movie, Nate, and I think we should rate it. As that corset was some restrictive, cheesy-looking poor excuse for a halloween costume mm-hmm. as is this movie mm-hmm. let us rate it let us rate it from zero to five corsets nate i'm gonna give this movie a whole round number mm-hmm. i'm gonna give it a one <laughs> one corset yep he gets a point for frankenstein and like two or three moments from the final fight scene but overall rewatching this movie after many years it is literally a dumpster fire, and I do not recommend you pay money to see this. I don't even know if, if it's worth signing up for the free trial of Cinemax Go to see this if you had not seen it. I think this podcast is at least 20 times more entertaining, uh, so I would, I would not recommend it. But uh, one, one whole corset. Completely with you. Mm-hmm. The number that I was going to go with was an even one, even before you started mm, rating yes, it. Yes, yes. So I'm going to be with you. It is a one. It is very, very long Yes. for what it is. It is, for 90% of it, not fun. For some of it, just laughable, but in like a bad way. Let me just leave you with a little bit of this. When Hugh Jackman turns back into a human, and he is holding, I believe, the body of Kate Beckinsale, who mm-hmm. just died from couch mm-hmm. collision. Yes. <laughs> They had to CG a loincloth on him because they originally had a naked Hugh Jackman. Really? Oh, goodness. Yep. They took away the side bun. And I can't help but think a lot of this movie, they thought to themselves, we'll just correct with CG. Mm. Sort of like, well, just like how we were able to put a loincloth on the buns of Hugh Jackman, Mm. we'll just like make this look super cool in cg Mm. and this will cover up all of our sins but it doesn't because it's 2004 and i would say that it doesn't even in 2019 where we are now it it can't save a bad script a bad story and just a weird thing Mm. but i do believe van helsing i would i would see a remake with hugh jackman in it right now yes i would absolutely like if they said hugh jackman's back we're going to do a reboot with 55-year-old Hugh Jackman, I would say, yes, I'll see you in theaters. Perfect. Do you think he should be opposite Kate Beckinsale again? I, I Sure. I'd say go for it again. And I think they could probably do her better this time. Do her right. Cut the accents. Sure. Different outfit. Yeah. Sure. 
All different writing. Make her, yeah, yeah. Make, her, make her cool. Yes. For those who don't want to see Van Helsing, which should be almost everyone, if you haven't already, here's what I would recommend instead. Hmm. Go see the sci-fi TV series Face Off, hmm. which is a, a competition of people doing practical effect makeup, hmm. turning people into like uh, Frankenstein or some other sort of crazy monster. Hmm. If you ever get a chance to see that, it's a bunch of artists doing that. And it, whenever I saw Frankenstein's face, I thought, that, that looks like someone, like they put a little work into making this a cool looking face. So if you want to see monsters, go watch Face Off, okay. an original sci-fi show. Interesting. Okay, yeah. Stephen, this is, we're about to get into our top five. Yes. Hugh Jackman top five. Yes. But I just needed to share this with you. This might not even make it, mm-hmm. but I need to share this with you because I was looking up Kate Beckinsale stuff that she had been in. Please. Kate Beckinsale is going to be in a 2020 movie called Jolt. Hmm. Here's the summary. I wouldn't believe this is real, but it is. A bouncer with a slightly murderous anger management problem that she controls with the help of an electrode-lined vest she uses to shock herself back to normalcy whenever she gets homicidal. After the first guy she's ever fallen for is murdered, she goes on a revenge-fueled rampage to find the killer while the cops pursue her as their chief suspect. Jolt. <laughs> Kate Beckinsale. Nate, what is she doing? What did, why is she doing these things? I don't know. She was in Widows recently, which I didn't enjoy at all. We, my wife and I saw two episodes of it and said, nah, we're good. We'll just Wikipedia how it ends. But uh, yeah, some of her choices are... <laughs> Underworld is a big win, I think, for the most part. It's kind of a cult classic series. But she's a good actress. Like She was in uh, The Aviator. Yep. With Leonardo DiCaprio. Like- she was the best part of Pearl Harbor, I would say. Correct. I agree. One of my top five rom-com serendipity she was great in. Very strange. She's a good actress, I think. She is. Yes. I, I don't understand. This uh, This Van Helsing, though, I, I did not realize. Oof. They did her wrong in that movie. Let me mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. Top five Hugh Jackman movies. Now, I have to ask you, because this top five could be problematic. Yes. Yes. How many X-Men movies are you putting in there? <laughs> top five. <laughs> I felt like I should only put in one. Okay. All right. I was going to put in two. I'm, are we doing top five movies that he's been in or top five roles? Um, I'm Because I think we're, we're all like Wolverines. We've all talked about how great of a character it is and how much we like him in it. You know what? I'm going to mix it up. In regards to X-Men, I'm going to put character that he plays as the number in the top five. But everything else, I'm going to do movie. Okay. Wonderful. Do you have any honorable mentions? No. How about you? I'm going to whisper a movie, and you oh. tell me if it's in your top five, just like a yes or no. Okay. And then I want to talk about it. Okay. Les Mis. No, because this was the one caveat I was going to mention. I have not seen this movie yet. What? It's, it's, a, it's a long story, but I am waiting to see this movie with a specific audience, and I have not seen it yet. You're waiting for Hugh Jackman to invite you over? That's right. I'm sure okay. I'm sure it would be in my top five, but I literally have not seen a moment of it. I have not listened to the soundtrack from the movie, so I have not seen it yet. I do want to see Whoa. it, but okay. I have not seen it yet. Off mic, we have to talk about this, but I did not put Les Mis. I put it as an honorable mention, but I'm not sure to this day if Hugh Jackman was good in it okay. and if the movie at large was good. Mm, I know okay. Russell Crowe was not good, but I can't... I've never seen Les Mis live, so I, I have nothing to compare mm. this movie to. Well, I, I will, maybe I'll try to see it soon because I have many Les Mises to compare it to, and I am very interested. Okay, that's my caveat. All right, wonderful. I'm gonna go, I'll go first. I think you went first last yes, time. go for it. 
My number five movie mm-hmm. is Kate and Leopold. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. We've discussed this briefly before. He plays Leopold, a time traveler from the, the olden days who sweeps modern day Meg Ryan off her feet. It is, mm. he literally filmed this in between the first X-Men and X2. And if you were to watch them back and forth, I imagine the Hugh Jackman whiplash would be severe. But that is also speaks to his ability as an amazing actor, like mm-hmm. musical ability, Broadway ability, role ability. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Nate, I don't even want to speak it out loud, but I have a hope for this top five. But my number five is also Kate and Leopold. <laughs> also Kate and Leopold. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Okay. Number four, Greatest Showman. Mm. I think there are some movies that I don't think I could picture being anyone else. I can't picture Greatest Showman with anyone else other than Hugh Jackman in that role. Yeah, that's a good. You don't have it. In, you don't have Greatest Showman at all in your top five, do you? No, I do. Oh, okay. But uh, what about Ryan Gosling? No, SPT Barnum. I could see Ryan Gosling in the Zac Efron part. Right, right. Yeah, you're right. I think that feels like a role made for Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Our lists have already diverged. That's fine. My number four. I don't even know if you've seen this movie, but Real Steel. <laughs> I have. You haven't seen the movie? <laughs> yeah, well, he, like he treat he like trains. He's like boxing with a robot. With ro- yeah, that's right. Person. Yes. Okay. Uh, you know, robots fighting. As I have stated before on this show, mm-hmm. uh, I got to think for that kind of thing. So special kind of love. That's right. right. So anyway, Real Steel. Wonderful. I'm going to go with. X2 colon X-Men United as my number three. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't have anything else to say about that. We've talked about X-Men a lot. Yes. If you don't know our X-Men thoughts, go listen to our other episodes. That's right. This is episode 68, so we've done a lot of them. That's right. Well, my number three is also X2. That was my one X-Men entry, and it matches yours. Man. Synergy. I know. It was close. What's your number two? I'm going to go with... A movie that I believe you have not seen, so I know it won't be on your list. Right. Australia. Mm, okay. Now, Australia, I love that Hugh Jackman can play someone with an Australian accent because he is Australian. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there's a, like, it is great. Nicole Kidman is in it. It is by the guy from who did Moulin Rouge. Mm. It is long, but epic and awesome. And Carl from this movie is the bad guy in that oh. movie oh. with another Australian accent. Is it a musical? Uh, No. Oh, okay. I'm looking at the images right now on IMDb, and this looks like a very good movie. It, now I haven't seen it in probably 10 years, but hmm. I think it's really good. I think it's really touching. I'm pretty sure I shed some tears maybe twice in this movie. At the saddest movies, I usually do it just once. So mm. crying twice That's a big is deal. a feat. The wife might enjoy this movie. This movie's two. I think it's almost three hours, though. <laughs> it's two hours and forty. Yeah, it would minutes. take you about four nights, that would, at least. I mean, it looks beautifully shot. Like some of these still images are really nice. Yeah, it's got that like kind of over the top CG environment. I don't know if it's CG environment, but you know, like yeah, yeah. the Moulin Rouge yeah. look, where like it's kind of a fanciful landscape. Nate, I'm going to say something that um, well, I'm just going to say it. Hugh Jackman. I have not seen him uh, not look great in whatever he's wearing. Whatever outfit, whatever role, like he looks great in pretty much everything. Oh, I will, I will guarantee you, dollars to donuts to dollars again. 
Yes. Hugh Jackman in Australia is peak Hugh Jackman in my mind. The the guy has never looked more comfortable in <laughs> he he droves cattle through the the backland, the outback <laughs> right. of well, like, Australia. In three three images in a row here on IMDb, he is clean shaven in a tuxedo. Looks great. He is in the rain getting drenched, his hair all wet. Also looks great there. Yep. And then right after that, he's in this like Henley with a beard. Yeah. Like unkempt hair. Looks great there again too. And then <laughs> right after that is him in a cowboy hat. Looks great. I'm like, what in the world? Yes. Like, this is all one movie? Yes. Um, wow. Yes. That's all in the same movie. It is, I, I, as I said, in these dollars to donuts to dollars. Hugh Jackman does it all, and as far as, like, he's an attractive man, he uh, checks all the boxes in Australia. Nate, there's also a picture of him crying in IMDb towards the top. Man, I'm almost starting to cry just looking at him crying. Man, <laughs> he, is, he is a good actor. Man, I like Hugh Jackman. All right, my number two is The Greatest Showman. Mm-hmm. Hits the musical box, Broadway box, and Hugh Jackman's wonderful in it. We've talked about it. You should listen to that show. If you've not listened to that episode... Nate and I do some singing in that episode because we do a top five. People seem to like People it. like that one. We did top five uh, musical numbers and uh, sang them. It's pretty fun. Well, Nate, I think our, our ones are going to be the same. Yep. What is, what is yours? The Prestige. Same. The Prestige is our number one and I think now wins some award for being at the top of several of our lists. I believe so. Every magic trick has three. Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> Sorry. No, I love it. Okay. Uh, At some point in time, we need to do an episode where we just we just give each other actors, and we just. I think there's nothing quite as wonderful <laughs> as hearing someone with no running start do an impression. <laughs> it's pure joy for me. I loved it because I loved how you got like. A sentence in and listen to yourself and went, well, that's not it. Exactly. <laughs> that's so bad. That's what I do for, that's 90% of the things that I try with my voice and go, nope. Trying, not trying to sound like somebody is such a surreal experience because in your head, you think you know what that person sounds like. Right. Like you think you know what that accent is and you and feel you open like. open your mouth. <laughs> right. And like, but you, you actually don't know what muscles in your mouth and what shape to make your lips to sound like that. Like you just don't know. Yeah. And it's a weird realization when you get to, I'm not sure if I can make that sound. (laughs) It's, it's it's like constantly jumping off, trying to skydive without a parachute, just constantly just like trying to start a thing. You're like, well, nope. Absolutely. Anyway. Well, Steven, thank you for talking about Van Helsing so much with me. I'm glad we got to rate. Uh, these Hugh Jackman <laughs> yes. movies. Yes. And for those who want to, some merch, where can they go? Listeners, go to motsfam.com. M-O-T-S-F-A-M.com. Buy stickers, shirts, hoodies, mugs, bags, all the good stuff. There's mayonnaise on several parts of uh, several of those merch items. Absolutely. And more importantly, or just as importantly, yes. rate us on iTunes. Yes. We would love a review. Yes. Tell your friends and family. Give us five stars with a comment. You can comment uh, your favorite Hugh Jackman movie. That suffices. 
It's great. And then patreon.com slash movies on the side also for all the fun bonus episodes. You get to listen to all of them. You get access to everything with any uh, monthly donation amount. You can join the fam there. Absolutely. Well, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm. And remember, live. Laugh. Legs. And remember, flesh grows back. Wood doesn't. Mots. <laughs> <laughs>